Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Clink, 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 clink. 242 clink, was clink, the episode clink, number. Clink, 242 clink, was clink, the episode clink, name. Clink, 242 clink, are your episode clink, brothers. Clink, 242 clink, in this clink, episode clink, game. Clink, Hello clink, clink, and welcome clink, to Two clink, in the Think clink, Tank. Clink. Episode 242 in the Think Tank. And I am one of the 50% the two fifty percents that go into making up the one hundred percent hosting team that uh, you'll be you'll be enjoying this evening. You'll be presented with. And each one of my brain hemispheres mm. are twenty five percent of the of the one hundred percent, not of the fifty percent, unless some processing does, but apparently potentially happen in the body. Yes. So I'm leaving that open. Yes. Yes. Correct. And um, and you could consider that maybe the subconscious is itself a conscious entity, mm, but trapped in there forever. Well, it's kind of trapped in there, but it communicates with you by occasionally giving you the name of something you thought of you were trying to remember two days earlier. Mm, I like the idea that it has its own agenda. You know that it's. I'm sure it does. It's it's operating on a totally. It has it has different priorities, and you know they're pretty wacky. You know they're 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 pretty out there. They wouldn't they wouldn't fit in a lot of um, corporate environments, sure. But <laughs> all right, this is a sketch idea, Alastair. It's yeah. a it's yeah. a, it's it's a business, and they do things a little differently. Okay, and you've probably heard of you a don't lot have of... to be crazy to work here. <laughs> No, you. This is the thing. But it's you, still an impediment. You do. You do have to be crazy to work here because one of the things that yeah. they do is that they rewire the brain. So because they they prize innovation above all else. Okay, they're not mm. they're not like other water sewage treatment facility managing corporations. Okay, they yeah. liked they are they are one of them. And they do manage water waste treatment facilities, but their <laughs> employees they like to they rewire the brain and they cut all the nerve endings and then they hotwire the left hemisphere of the brain into controlling the what would be otherwise controlled by the right hemisphere of the brain, and so the now the subconscious is a totally in charge of. I mean, this is. I'm. I'm. I'm sure I'm wrong in suggesting that the subconscious is in one half of the brain and the conscious is in the other. Am I wrong in that? <laughs> uh, I think the two hemispheres are connected as well. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Now, the up until up until now, the one that's been fully in charge of the body has now is now mm. taken a back seat. Okay, and now it's the it's the unconscious brain, the subconscious. That is fully in charge you, of all your decision you deep, making. You're deplatforming some of the hemispheres. Exactly right. Yes, 
the conscious mind has been cancelled and it's had it too good for too long. It has a form of privilege and mm. now it's time for the un, the, the voiceless to be given a voice and that is... That's excellent. Maybe the brainstem or like that lizard brain mm. part. Mm. Yes. Just yeah. Whatever it is, you're bringing the you're bringing the subconscious to the forefront. That's always seemed like the person who was running the show anyway. Yeah. Exactly. They were like the Steve. It's the Steve Bannon. Mm. It was behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, whispering into the king's ear. Yeah. All those primal urges, okay. all those dark fears, but also those impossible flights of fancy. That's now that is the way that is our day to day bread and butter business model. We want all of that all the time. Nine to five. Wait, and this and this company Yes <laughs> This water treatment company is forcing people to do Correct. this to their brains. Correct. That is that is well, it's because they do things a bit differently and they're sick of the same old answers to the same old problems. You know, Nothing's ever mm. going to get better if you keep doing things the same way. And that's why they and hired in this consultant. And we, we, we think he was a consultant. He shouted a lot and he smelt terrible. <laughs> and to, be, to say we hired him is, is wrong. He appeared one day um, in a yeah. sort of a green haze and uh, recommended <laughs> we do this. And he was very compelling. I I think I think this this idea becomes clear if we do say that it is that primal mm. lizard brain yeah. region okay. of the yes, and it's nice to um, it's nice to picture what these people in business suits would look like and act like if they were controlled by a primal lizard thing. You know, I guess they'd spend a lot and, of time hiding from the light and from sh- you know fast moving shadows. But then occasionally they actually do have their board meetings mm. out laying out on the pavers yeah. in the sun. <laughs> it's a very literal lizard brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also like, you know, there, and there's moments where they will shout mm. and and scare each other and run. <laughs> <laughs> and when one runs, the others will follow. <laughs> <laughs> it's that nat- natural herd instinct of the lizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and and there's just like, you know, something that <laughs> smells bad. Mm. They'll just go mm. Exactly. Like that, exactly. And they'll do something about it, you know. Yeah. Um and they get results. Not good results, but Absolutely. boy do they get results. They get more results than yeah. any other company. Again, not tradi- the traditional good, what you would consider to be good results, but in sh- in terms of quantity of results, absolutely mm. un- unparalleled. As a oh, absolutely, a, they a water they get more treatment. results per square meter <laughs> than any other office. <laughs> you can't argue with. Results certainly not of this yeah, volume. No, that's great. Um, you know what's great yes. about water treatment yep. is the way that it just seems like they've gotten away with this idea that you can just have water treatment just out in the open, mm. just have a big old stinky thing that just happens right. in the light of day. Yep. There's no shame. Well, I, I mean, I like that they they pass it off a lot of the time as wetlands. 
and they encourage birds and stuff to come and land in it, which feels cruel and like it would be illegal if you were asking people to do that. But it's somehow okay but, like, for birds to. But do they go like, where they go like... <laughs> My parents have been bird spotting at the Werribee Wastewater Treatment Facility. It's a, it's a yeah? mecca for these... Some kinds of water birds, and wow, yeah, it's um, and it's 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 poop treatment. It should be done underground. It should be done deep underground, you know, like the shameful process that it is. And yet, if it was, it would attract a different kind of bird. Yes, <laughs> the the deep, the deep, the burrowing eagle. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean. You would think that a few pigeons that have likely been washed up into stormwater drains would, at some point, start a society under A there. society, yes, you would think that, wouldn't you, of the pigeon? I mm. mean, they are, so, they are so like rats in so many ways. And we've seen the, pige- the, the penguin adapt to living in water, an environment where yeah. one would not traditionally expect to see a bird. And I think that birds can do anything. They can do it all. So why wouldn't the there be a, a, a burrowing... <laughs> well, isn't that basically the penguin in uh, in Batman? Does he live in the sewers? I guess so, yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. But let's think more about the sewer penguin. <laughs> what? I mean, just the idea that that... that, that sorry, now I'm moving to the penguin from Batman... Yes. That that worked as a as a villain. Mm. That of all the ideas for villains, you know, and of, of course I'm basing this off a very sort of um, shallow very shallow knowledge yeah. of the penguin, and, and I'm sure everybody who are big penguin fans are, um, are 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 ready to turn in their sort of living places that they lay. <laughs> um, Go on, but, you know, and but like, what a silly! He's silly, he's right? I mean, in silly. the movie, he had a big yellow rubber ducky. Did he? He <laughs> also so. had quite a pointy nose, and sort of. I mean, he was he was somebody who was physically deformed from birth, right? And I doubt that you could present that as a villainous behavior, right? I think he's he's supposed These to days. be like a rich guy. Really? The penguin? But why does he only yeah. have three fingers? Is that something that rich people uh, have? It could be inbreeding. Mm, you're right. You're right. So he's rich. Yeah, okay. Um, His name is Oswald Chesterfield Cobblepot. That does sound rich. <laughs> yeah. A supervillain. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know much about it. I I, I think to 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 really get to the depths of him, mm. I would have to do some research. Come back to us. Do a little bit more. I'll research. take that as a question on notice. I'll have my people look into it, and we'll we'll uh, we'll get to the bottom of this. I think, um, yeah, you're right. He is silly, and I think uh, as you know, you, it's it's a it's a rarefied group of supervillains that make it out of the general miasma because there are so many villains in these comic books. It's a it's a it's a very few who then 
ascend to being made into a film, right, to make it into the movies. And you'd think that that would be the sort of selective process where something as weird as the Penguin would not make it up. You know, he wouldn't wouldn't be creamed off with your your Jokers and your your Riddlers. Um, Yeah. I mean, even Riddler is pretty, (laughs) you know, like, I mean... I'm, he's a bit silly. I find the Riddler very compelling. I do find the Riddler compelling. Yeah. Yes, especially in the Jim Carrey portrayal. He's so squirmy. I think Jim Carrey might be one of the squirmiest of all the human beings. The closest. And he's only gotten squirmier. He's the closest to a, a a bunch of eels tangled together that a human being has ever gotten. I believe. I think his mind has turned to a bunch of eels. <laughs> and somehow every bit of thing that comes out of his mouth at the moment seems to also be a bunch of mental eels. I haven't... Um, you think he's mentally eel? He's <laughs> mentally eel. <laughs> you don't have to be mentally eel to work here. Um, <laughs> mentally eel. Uh, ha- Very good. Is, is is that a sketch though? C- could that in some to way be mentally ill? That's our business here. The mentally ill. Yes. Well, I mean, let's think about it. In this TV show Animorphs, there were the Zerg, and that was uh, basically a slug that got into your brain yeah. and controlled your mind. So they were mentally slug. Um, and I don't see any reason why it couldn't be a small eel. The eel is a more developed creature than a slug, and therefore it's more plausible to me that they would um, be capable of controlling a human body. And if they were controlling a human body, I strongly suspect that it would move a lot like Jim Carrey. So... uh, You know what's great about them is that they can do a full-on peekaboo. Because, like, out out of a cave, you know, they'll come out of a cave and they'll just... Only their head will come out. You're right. <laughs> you know, there's no. You don't see any arms. You don't see any arms or legs or anything like that. And that's the purest of the peekaboos. <laughs> Is that right? And their mouth will be open. Yep. Like they've just told a joke. Ah. Um, um, you're absolutely right, Alistair. They're a so, creature born. So what's this idea? So, so it's to peekaboo eels. Mm. Eels that go into your brain. Mm. Yeah, and allow you to transform into animals. Is that what it was? Um, I mean, I hope so. Look, Alistair, I'm not. I'm not convinced that it's it's correct. What about a a supervillain who all their limbs are eels? Mm. You know, because this to me feels more plausible than a uh, a Medusa type thing, where like your hair is snakes, because that doesn't yeah. have an, an enormous utility. Right, but if your legs were all eels or possibly all snakes, then yeah. I think you actually have like a probably some kind of an advantage over people. I mean, you, I do. You, I think you could run in a very interesting way, but you could also slither. You could probably like, if you could like, you know, this is so. We're, I'm assuming that we're talking about sort of like an eel combiner, right? You know, it's like a. You know, much in the way that those, like, fire ants can create a raft, mm. um, you know, to float, combine together and create a raft to float on top of water, a bunch of eels can adapt uh, to a humanoid form yes. by 
attaching together, which allows them to move on land. This is so good, Alastair, because you know this is the next. This is the next thing. Because what have we got? We we started with cell, single-celled organisms, right? And then what did they evolve mm. into? Multicellular organisms. And now, what's mm-hmm. the next thing after that? Multi-multicellular organism organisms. Okay, and it's an organism that is made up of multiple multicellular organisms. We just need some a group of eels to get together and realize Mm -hmm. that that if they were if they are to form together into a human form, there's going to be certain advantages that they are going to be able to get in that form that they wouldn't be able to get if they were operating as individual eels. For example, they can now put on a trench coat and go into a movie. They can. That's right. Um, get an office job. Sit down at a desk. You don't have to be um, multiple eels to work here, but it helps. And that's right. And and I think their 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 slipperiness mm. that would allow them to sort of like ice skate on regular land. Mm. Mm. You know, Another because they could, advantage. they could. You know, they could they could let out a bit of ooze at the front, mm-hmm. but have a little kind of like dry patch that allows them to keep some friction. Yep. Or maybe they could use their teeth, um, as in, like you know, as instead of crampons or whatever. Mm. Well, they can probably open their jaw fully, like a, to a one eighty degree, and then that would be quite a good surface oh. to walk on. In terms oh, that's of true, grip, yeah. um, I was thinking that maybe that these would come about, you know, as we've kind of killed off most things in the sea. Mm. Mo- feels like eels would be sort of around the last things to survive. Yep. That and jellyfish, yep. and they probably don't have that much of a taste for jellyfish, and they're probably too moral to eat other eels. Moray, too moral. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, and um, and so they uh, adopt so a human. They niche. need to come back, come up onto land, yeah, and work work and together. It'll be an emergent phenomenon. Yep, yep, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, and they don't have to be super smart. You know, at least not initially, because you know they 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 could be doing any kind of sort of grunt work, any kind of office based, you know, low level stuff. Well, they if start we could out get the them to do room. a lot of the, yeah, mail room. I mean, they'll get they'll get a fair bit of ooze on your letters. Mm. Maybe we could get them working in the email room. Yeah, <laughs> is there an email room? Well, hopefully, mm. great. Hopefully, by then we will have set it up. Yeah. Fantastic. I think uh, a, a, an eel, an emergent eel individual um, is, yeah. is, is definitely a thing. I would love to see this animated. I think it would look fantastic, especially when you get them in that trench coat. And you have a nice big oh, moray yeah. eel at the top there popping, popping their head out, pulling that peekaboo thing. You know, what I, you know what I also feel is that for some reason I feel that as well as where you know, there'll be the head, which will be one probably eel head, mm. but maybe multiple, maybe two eel heads next to each other. Yes. And then in the spot above that, it may be in between the two eel heads, I feel like there'll be like a nest of baby eels in there that will kind of move around and look a bit like a brain. Yeah. Oh, great. That'll be very reassuring because I think if it was just an individual eel's face, you'd be like, yeah, but, but how do I know that this is like me mentally? But if I could see an exposed brain there writhing and squirming, just like a human brain, yeah. I'd be very reassured. I think, yeah. oh, think but all, all, you're not so different. All the hands will be, what well, do you think all the hands will be uh, 
eel heads and the feet will be eel heads. Um, I, I mean, to be interested, to be honest, I've been picturing the uh, the tails at the at the extremities, and then the mouths are sort of holding on to the central portion to sure. to give it some sure. structural integrity. But I think an eel head would be a very effective hand. A sort of clamping mm, thing. That's right. You know, I mean, you could. You could have. You could, you could have another eel's mouth holding on. You know, multiple holding on to the tails, so that you could have a good functioning. Uh, you could. You know, arm. But you could. With that. You could also have. It's just going to be grippier <laughs> than a tail would be. You could have though, at the end of like a, a fat eel, right? If the arm was a fat eel with its tail poking out, right? Mm. You could have at the end of that tail five baby eels all clinging on and becoming the writhing oh. fingers of the oh, yeah, that the is hand good. so i think you know or 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 just a smaller genus of eel and i think that is like you know like with a multicellular organism you need the cells to specialize to play the different roles well here we have the benefit of like the eels are already spe- specialized in the environment so we just select our dream team of eels to assemble mm. a humanoid form, and you know, again, yeah. They, yeah, they work together, and then maybe at the end of the day they slither off, they go their separate ways. But then, you know, nine a.m. another day, another dollar, they all squirm back together up out of the sewers, out of their various well, stagnant pods, and that. reform for another day. Think about that as a villain. Mm. Think about that as a villain that you're chasing. Mm. Right, you're chasing, and you're, you know, you're a good guy, most likely. I assume, Andy, you would take the side of good. Yeah. And you're chasing it, and it gets near the docks. Oh no. And it's like it's like walks onto the pier at the edge of the pier, and he says, "Good day, Mister Matthews," <laughs> like that, and then just falls apart. Yes. And all the little bits, like you know, the the trench coat and maybe the the detective's hat, all fall onto the. Dock, yeah, but all the little bits of eel just fall into the water and separate. Squirm through the gaps in the entities. in the pier, they disappear. Yeah. Disappear? They no, disappear. This is disappear. No, this this is a disappear, and then they disappear. Um, and then we get that perfect pun uh, into the yes. into the into and the that, medium, and that will be the climax mm. of the. <laughs> The, the trilogy not, of films. Not many trilogies have the guts to climax on a pun, but <laughs> no. But I think they don't. It could happen. Mm. I mean, you know, people will go do a shaggy dog story, mm. you know, and and you know to end on a pun. Mm. But then the you know the shaggy dog story doesn't have that much mm. good content in it. But to make an epic three movie series that is satisfying in itself. But is only there mm. to serve the pun. Mm. God, that's something. That's art. That's dangerously close to art. Well, I mean, it's a new form of joke because what you're doing is you're throwing away those films as soon as you do that oh. pun. Oh, Alistair, you're not just throwing away those films. You're throwing away the millions of dollars. You're throwing away the uh, of budget. You're throwing away the the hard work of so many good people, so many good people who poured their hearts and souls into those films. You're throwing away the goodwill of the fans. And to be honest, (laughs) now that we've got to it, fucking good. 
you know? Well, that's what the joke has become. That's what the joke has become. And fuck fans, by the way. You know, like, I think it's okay to enjoy a movie. You can, you're allowed to enjoy a movie. But as soon as you start to enjoy a franchise or the work of an actor or the work of a director, God forbid, you've crossed a fucking line. And your opinion yeah. no longer matters. If you like anything other than wow. an individual work of art, you've gone wrong. Sure. Don't you think? Um. Don't you think that? <laughs> like, like, because that's mean... where the problems. That's where the problems come in, right? If you, if you like, um, if, if several individual Picassos, I think that's fine. But if you like Picasso, you're a problematic individual. You're allowed to sure. like all of Bob Dylan's songs individually. But never, you're not allowed to be a fan of Bob Dylan. <laughs> so then, so you're cancelled, or you're? <laughs> well, I'm re- I'm going to re replan. I'm going to re reconsider my my enthusiasms uh, through yeah. this new lens because I think, Andy, I think it solves the problem of separating the art from the artist. I I understand because I mean, really, what this is a reaction to is that you're angry with other people getting angry and yes, stuff. yes, I'm furious about that, and so. Really, because you know that's what you're angry with. You're not angry with people being fans of things, and and it's hard. As soon as you bring in this argument, right? You know this argument that it's like, well, people just got to do what they got to do just to feel good sometimes. Mm. And then you go, oh, I guess being a fan's not so bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I do think that like. As, as soon as people are support, as soon as people support any individual, it just gets yeah. all mucky, doesn't it? All mucky well, politics, sport, anything. You start, you, as soon as you start attaching stuff to the to the to the person, yeah, uh, you can't you can't you're not allowed to like uh, a sport player. You're not allowed to like a sports team. All you can do is appreciate individual moments where a, a part of a human body comes into contact with a ball. And that is sure. all you're so allowed you, you to can, You can like individual kicks? Yes, individual kicks. <laughs> um, and even then, like... it's about the, the moment of impact between the foot and, and, mm-hmm. and the ball and not the leg or who it's attached so, to. So you can enjoy a person's influence on the world, mm. but, you can't, but you can't enjoy them. Yes, yes, absolutely. You're, you know, I'd prefer that you didn't, uh, you know, if I, I, if I was a sports fan, and I'm not, right, but this, if I was a sports fan, what I would have on my computer is edited highlights of, of just feet kicking balls, yeah. okay? So and you, then... You don't care what the ball does, <laughs> it's just the kick. <laughs> well... Uh, I can, you know, oh, I'll include some of the flight of the ball, sure, yeah. if that's important for context to explain why I found the kick so satisfying. And I guess but, also just to see whether or not it it hits somebody else and that kick might be interesting. That that also might be interesting. Oh, I mean, you know, you might get several kicks in a row that you think are all good kicks, but yeah. uh, I'm never going to watch a full game. I'm never, I'm, but I will be able to point you to timestamps within games of moments that I think 
are good, and that the sum total of that, those is is my appreciation for the sport. Do you think you know, that I, maybe maybe this actually would be way more work than just watching sport and being into it? Well, you got to do work, you know, uh, and and I think that would be. I think that makes my fanhood more valid if I'm actually doing work rather than just sitting back and passively. I'm curating a, um, a, a you know, a, a piece of my own, really. Sure. And do you way. think that this investment, if if people mm. were to go this way, do you mm. think this investment in <laughs> fandom is going to make people less invested in in sort of people and stuff like that or more invested and sort of more angry at various things? <laughs> um, well, I think everyone will be so confused and so busy editing that they yeah. won't really have an opportunity to um, to get angry, you know, except maybe with themselves and the path they've chosen or their computers or something like that. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right then. All right. Um, is, how is this, is a, this sketch? a sketch? How do we... <laughs> um, well, I think I think this individual is themselves. This is a character piece, and this is somebody who, um, who is trying to take the politics and the personalities out of sport by just making it about the moments of impact, because um, that's all that they ultimately are. And sure. um, and this is maybe a slightly separate idea, but uh, I'd like to put this forward as well. And this is. Remixing sport and sampling sport as you would a musical, um, put you know, a musical song, you know that you could to take, make your own games. You make your own games exactly. You assemble games. That's why they're always wearing the same uniforms and playing on very similar yeah. coloured grass. It makes it easier to cut out this kick here and this bit there and this mark, right? And you can attach now, you know, this kick to this mark, and you could. Put together, a you know, hopefully a, a remix, a more a remix of the you know the very various grand finals or an entire season. Edit them down to one good game. There can't be that many good games in a season, okay? But sure. I reckon there's enough stuff in there to put together one really really good game. I mean, what you've probably invented is the highlights reel, but um, <laughs> but. But, but what we could say is that we go. Together. I'm, it's a reimagining of a ninety-minute mm. game as a three-minute game. Um, yeah, or if, it, if it's make coherent, it make logical if it flows, sense. exactly, exactly. You know, and yeah. not, and maybe not even the kind of sense that you would expect from from that that format of game. You know, whether it be it AFL, soccer, cricket, whatever it is, maybe it doesn't make sense in the terms of that original game, but it makes its own kind of internal sense, you know, and then you're really creating something new. Yeah. I think that the true mavericks of this form will be able to bring in, you know, a really good goal save from uh, a, some underwater hockey and and still make that work in the context of what is otherwise so saying, uh, edited down mixed martial arts. But you're saying some, you're intertwining vi- sports as well, not just like one sport and one match. Well, that, I was just putting that in, as a coda there at the end there that I think that the best people at this kind of stuff will be able to make that kind of thing work. They'll still yeah. be able to assemble a coherent game that's satisfying, like sure. a good so- song, good DJ mixed song would be satisfying. 
And what about this this fandom sort of idea? Is there anything in the how how is this how are we pitching this idea of somebody fixing fandom by just making mm. everybody so busy with their fandom that they can't <laughs> write angry messages at women online? Um uh yeah, I mean the making them so busy thing is a fairly boring boring place for it to go, I suppose. I think I think somebody who though is a a fan of a sport but un but trying to but but not a fan of any teams or any individuals, but just a really big fan of the sport. It could the, okay. Let's oh, he's, the, forget. he's a fan of the ball. Yes, that's what it is. You I'm know? here for the ball. <laughs> the ball never loses. Um, you know, you follow the path of the ball. But uh, I like the yeah. way that the ball hits some of the players. Yeah. I mean, I wonder. I wonder what what it would be like to have a. In a future where the ball is a sentient thing and has some agency of its own, you know, I mean, I guess that's Quidditch, isn't it? You know, those... Is it? Oh, yeah, I guess that... I think those balls kind of fly around and... Mm. But I mean, I think, you know, I think, you know, people ask me what my football team is. Mm. But I could just say, I just like the ball. I just like the ball. I've always just liked the ball. I mean, that by by making the ball in in AFL that sort of oval shape, it almost is like it has a life of its own, and it can bounce in in unexpected directions and that sort of thing. And that yeah. gives it that gives it an agency in the game, where if the ball you know tricks enough people with an unlucky bounce or something like that, it starts to feel like. The ball could, does have some good games, some bad games. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like the twenty seventh player or whatever. I mean, this would be so good if you could do this. If you could find enough shots, or of a field where the camera is focused on the ball, but no players are in shot. Okay, and you could edit. You know, the ball comes down and bounces on the ground or flies through the air, and you could edit together an entire game of AFL where you don't see an in, a single player. And it's just the ball, you know, in the air, coming down, bouncing on the ground, then another <laughs> shot of it. You know, you see it bounce up again, and then you cut to another shot of it in the air, and then down on the ground again, and bouncing all around the field, scoring goals. You know, and you never have to see a single player. <laughs> the worst part of sport. <laughs> I, I mean, this would this would have to be the work of an of an of a lifetime. Of course, I think you, it, might you know, be it would take possible. a lifetime just to find all those shots where there's no yeah. players in it. Yeah, but um, I think you could do it. I think you could do it. You might have to fiddle around a little bit with the speed of some of the footage, and you might be going back to some like early black and white games or something as well to be able to get it all together. You might have to recolorize those. But I think but that, you, you know could that, that piece together that just gives that gives the ball, you know, a sense mm. of age. Mm. Yeah. You know, when you when you see it, how long has this game been going for? Mm. 
Take me out to the ball game. And that's all I want to see. The ball. A ball game. So, so again, what is the sketch there. here? This is... <laughs> I mean, I don't... I don't is, Look, I'm I mean, just going to write down guy who's a fan of the ball. Okay, great. Sports Thanks, fan. Thanks, Sam. That's what I need to hear. Okay. And you you feel like you've you've put a little bow on it for me there and for, and for the listeners and there's um, something that they look, can Look, it's work not quite, with. you know, it's not quite it's just kind of a <clears throat> it's just a hard one to to frame and so if it's a little mm. character piece on some guy who believes something weird. Mm. But I think maybe you it's cuz you you were backtracking on this whole, you know, when you got really angry at the idea of somebody being a fan of something. <laughs> And then and you were like, I don't want to revisit this and see whether or not. <laughs> you go, oh, um, probably some people listening will like things. No, no, I, I wasn't uncomfortable about that at all. I'm very happy to say that anybody who likes things is scum. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and especially people who like this. Oh, my and that, gosh. You know, I'm practicing, I'm practicing what I preach here, Alistair. You know, I, I think I'm giving the fans of Two in the Think Tank a, a, a gift of no longer... Um, I'm trying to break them off liking this podcast. So that, is this making you so uncomfortable? You're giving them the opportunity to be free. If you, love, if you love someone, set them free. Is that the thing? Exactly. If you love someone, drive them away. That's the saying, isn't it? If you yeah. love someone... So to crowbar them off you like a mm. sort of like a, like a abalone stuck on a rock... Yes, correct. Um, have I told Did you? Did you know in every in every almost every interview we do, or we and we know we, that we've done many interviews, but you always say like one thing where you're like, oh, "I shouldn't have said that." <laughs> <laughs> I definitely. I mean, I yeah, it's true, and I there was find something where we. Where we were interviewing somebody for this science thing that we were doing, which is something that you are very, that you told me the other day, in honestness, that you were like, you're like, this is genuinely, I think, probably the the thing, you know, the ideal thing I would like to do. But in an interview with this person who was going to be a science person, who was potentially going to be on the show, you went, you know, it's a, it's a science quiz show that we're that we, you know that we're really interested in, or at least you know we're saying that we're interested in for the sake of getting the show. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? You Did said I say that to that effect? To oh my who... god! <laughs> oh oh, Alistair! I mean, <laughs> that was one that even got past me. Sometimes there's a gap. There's a gap, even a gap between my words, where that I feel that I have to fill. And it makes me uncomfortable, and I'll just fill it with anything. You know, you're grabbing, you're grabbing old rags. It's like a ship that's taking on water, and <laughs> you don't have time to think about what you're stuffing into the hole. Okay, and it might be one of your babies. It yeah. it it might be a priceless um, uh, watercolor painting. You know, and oh no, and the paint will run. Exactly, it was a really bad choice. Um. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But, Let's say uh, you are on a boat, sinking boat right now. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. What would I do? I mean, I feel like You're, th- you're most at least three kilometers time. away from land. Three kilometers oh, away from land, and well, this is an interesting point. Is the water cold? You know, are uh, we in are we in cold water? Or are we in tropical climes? No, let's just say you're in completely survivable water, right? But it is salt water. Okay, and there are sharks. I guess, but I think the open ocean is is a bit like a desert. So I don't know if it's mm. like if it's super busy. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. I think, I, well, I, I mean, I do think that all you really need then is one, one buoyant object, you know, and you can take your time paddling to shore. Like three Ks, that's doable if you take your time. I mean, I yeah. guess if it's rough. I don't know. It could Al. be rough, but it, but it, gets, it gets much more rough once you get closer to the actual shore. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. rare that waves are breaking right in the middle of the water. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm what I'm uncomfortable about is any kind of inflatable life raft type situation that you're so expected you, to like. Like, I'm, I'm okay with a with a fixed boat. You know, like on the Titanic, they had boats that were actual boats, and they seem like they did pretty well. But any time yeah. where you've got to inflate something, you've got to turn, like, you know, turn something that isn't currently a boat into a boat in order to escape, that feels like a huge barrier. And there are oh, so many things that could go wrong. It, weren't you just saying a second ago if you just had anything buoyant? So are you okay with like a mm. broken chair, but not like an inflatable raft? Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't have a problem with an inflated raft. Yeah, I think it's but, the inflatable yeah, nature but of is it. it but aren't aren't most of these? I, I've never seen one in person. But it seems like you pull on something and they inflate, rather than like you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing it like by lung, like when you're trying to blow up like a kiddie pool or something, and they got yeah. that tiny little <laughs> nozzle that you got to squeeze yeah. and then also blow into? And there's a lot of saliva and stuff. Oh, going you got to bite. You got to like bite it. Hmm. Is that um, so? It was a great system that they invented there, wasn't it? Now, in order to make the air go in easier, you're going to have to sort of make it more shallow and and less, you know, like narrow like the uh, narrow narrow the airway and make it illogical. So, is there a scenario where we can have a a life raft situation where somebody has to blow it up using one of the like? It's a huge. It's you know, it's a good. A good size, full size life raft, but then you do have to blow it up by by mouth with that little, um, that tiny little transparent nozzle that you got to squeeze whilst in you know? water. Uh, well, maybe your ship is sinking while you're trying to do this. Yeah. Uh, your um, you've got other people gathering around offering. Offering advice on blowing it up. Oh, there's another one over here. You know, sometimes there's two nozzles for different sections. Sure. Is this anything? Yeah. <laughs> That's something. It feels like something I would have seen in like an old cartoon, but. Yeah, you're right. Um, um, yeah, I think. Uh, 
a thing that you've got to... I mean, you know, it's by its nature very slow and tedious. Yeah, um, but... I mean, but I you know, like... a, a life raft that inflates and then it is sort of like a jumping castle kind of thing or it, or it has different inflatable bits like a, you know, a big, ca- uh, a big, a big giraffe's neck or something like that. I, mean, I do you like know? the idea of floating around on the ocean on a big, one of those big jumping castles. Mm. But what is this? What is that? Is this, an, is this a way of like getting rid of children? Is it a... Yeah. You know, like, I guess, you know, it, modern societies, instead of sort of like pushing an elderly person out on a on a block of ice like the Inuits, mm. um, you know, maybe societies become too difficult and we push out our children and out to sea on a jumping castle and they'll be fine for <laughs> a fair while. You put a plate of wedges on there and some chicken nuggies. Yeah. Yeah. And they bounce around. They're having a great time. Yeah. You know? Um, maybe, uh, I, I wonder also about a, um, a form, a, a transport company, you know, uh, like, you know, like airplanes, right? They, uh, they have the option of these big inflatable rafts that can, um, you know, that you only use in emergencies and it seems crazy that they're just sitting around there just for use in emergencies. What about? Uh, a, a travel company where you do the whole thing in the life raft. You know, you're already in the life raft. You don't have to worry about uh, the plane coming down, climbing into it in an emergency. You're already in the emergency. You're already in there. <laughs> That's what the trip is. The trip is That's an emergency. The, tri- the trip is it. The uh, the trip is an emergency. The we have a model of a life raft. I mean, this is actually quite. This could be the new escape room. Okay, yeah. we have a model of an aeroplane, a sinking aeroplane, in in the ocean, right? Yeah. And you know that's but that's just the starting point. Okay, you disembark onto your uh, onto your life rafts as the plane gurgles down under the ocean, and that's on a hydraulic ram. They just hoist it back up again for the next group of passengers. Well, I mean, I would genuinely want to do this trip. Like, let's say. Let's say you just mm. get in a plane, mm. right? It's at the airport, but it's an airport right, you know, right by mm. the coast, right? This could be great for airlines that are not doing so well. They could yes. sell off a plane, and, <laughs> um, and then you get on, you sit on there for you know maybe eight hours or whatever. You get to watch some movies. Uh, um, it simulates and then something it goes simulates wrong. the whole thing. Um, and then in that time, they're actually just driving it into the sea. Yeah. <laughs> and then at some point they go, oh, no, emergency. And they shake it a bit, you know, blah, blah, blah like mm. that. And then you have to jump uh, out of the thing. That's the main part is you just want to jump out of the thing. Onto, I mean, I, that infl- I, well, I, I love to think, you know, you, we keep getting these pre-flight briefings about like count the number of seats to the to get to the exit and you know would you be able to open this door in the event of an emergency but you never get to open the door do you and you never get to see how well you would be able to scramble over the bodies of the screaming you know passengers if you would be able to fight your way to the door you know gouging and scratching traveling (laughs) traveling over the bodies of your of Mm. your flight colleagues and I, I just, 
And and it looks fun going down that big inflatable slide that you have to take off your stilettos and you're not allowed mm-hmm. to take your baggage. You know, I want well. Firstly, I want to see if I could get out with my baggage. I'd do it on extra difficulty, extra level of difficulty. I would I would take my suitcase with me, just to prove it could be done. Oh, but of course, yeah. I think I think this um, type of escape room is 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 very good. And then you do get to spend three weeks floating uh in a in a in a life raft eating whatever rations are there and yeah and maybe maybe eating a a dead a dead uh passenger Seagull? but they're not a real passenger they are oh, made so they from have bits like of some pig some passengers that are just made of meat yes sort of <laughs> one who you know they can they can kind of keep it animated for enough, you know, or, or using a sort of like weekend at mm. Bernie's style sort of thing for a while. Yeah. yeah. But there's also this element of like, you know, because it's a trip. So it's like a, it's like an organization like, you know, Kentucky or whatever, mm. but fancy. And so mm. in a way there's this body and the, the hostesses and the hosters, host mm. hymns are, are sort of, you know, putting this whole thing on, making making these dead people look alive, these, you know, people who are actually food, mm. making them look alive weekend at Bernie's style. But then it's actually quite a nice meal in there. It'll be like, you know, all this, You're you right. know, the, the calf <laughs> will be like pulled pork and, <laughs> you know, and, the, and you'll eat the tubes of guts so a, and stuff like that. And that will be, you know. It's a premium <laughs> holiday from hell. You know, exactly. It's, everything goes wrong, but it's don't worry. the it, The piss that you're drinking is actually champagne. Mm, that's right. Um, it's kind of it could be it could also be something like a bit like the uh, that Michael Douglas movie, The Game, mm. where what it is is you book a trip to Fiji, okay, and. All they guarantee is that they will get you to Fiji. And then you never know when it's going to happen and what path it's going to take, what twists and turns, what nightmares you're going to encounter. But you, uh, you, you know, so you do, you know, get abducted and then dumped into the ocean and then, you know, rescued by a fishing boat and then uh, you board... Uh, tanker, and you have to kill the captain, and then the boat runs aground in Fiji. You're in Fiji. What an adventure! Absolutely, but all luxury, yeah, luxury, luxury disaster, <laughs> luxury disaster experiences. Yeah, VIP because, holiday from hell. Yeah, because that's the thing is that like you have to kill the you know the captain of the barge or whatever, but. Mm. It's always like, oh, and, you know, you always just happen to find a sort of a, you know, a fish gutting knife just by the door mm. right before you go in and you go, oh, yeah, I got to kill this guy. Yeah. And you, you know, always it's all kind of worked out so that you can do it relatively easily. Yeah. I mean, I suspect this is a thing that happens. I mean, it is the place that escape rooms have to go. I think if they're going to stay competitive. Um, well, yeah. I mean, escape rooms, that's the only trouble with them is that they're in small rooms, whereas we need stuff that's kind of more out in the open now. Has 
has there been a movie called Escape Room? I mean, I assume there definitely has. I assume right? so. I I don't Where know, but I you never know. You know, you blur the lines of like whether or not you're in the room anymore, and things keep yeah. weird things keep happening. Um, I mean that you know basically is the movie, the game, I suppose. But I mean, there's a film from called 2019 Escape called Escape Room. Right. Yeah, there's one and from 2017 called Escape Room. Another one from 2017 <laughs> called Escape Room. But has you know, this been done? There's one another one from 2019 called Escape Room. Yeah, okay. There's one in 2021 <laughs> coming up called Escape Room 2. There's one from 2010 called The Escape Room. So that's different. Oh, okay. That there's does one a bit from different. 2018 called Escape Room Proof of Concept. <laughs> Mm. Um, cool. Well, I'm. In, um, I think uh, you know. I still feel like there's probably plenty of um, pulled pork on that bone, and yeah. Uh, and there's one here called No Escape Room. Wow. Yeah, that's real twist. Yeah. But I mean, um, I felt like that's that was the subtext of a lot of. <laughs> probably. Of all they the others, the anyway. Subtext in the text, and that's what I really respect. Hmm. Um, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Andy, we've got five ideas. That is good news. Um, so then we're going to have to go to three words from a listener, Andy. Okay. I don't know if you know about this. We have listeners, or we did at least until you pushed them away in this episode. Yeah. And um, we uh, and and some of them can support us on Patreon, and mm. those who support us for the the King's Ear, which is a three dollar a month thing. Which this month, by the way, all of July is free. For anybody yes. who wants to sign up, get on um, and just we've, we've soak just up all that it. content in there, and then cancel yeah. your subscription by the end of the month, and you got you it all for that. free. You can do that if you if you want to, but if you want to support, you can keep supporting as well. Anyway, this this month's uh, this week's listener is uh, Tessa Stickland. Tessa, hello. hello! Thank you so much for supporting us for so long. Hello, and, Tessa, um, and Tessa, thank you for living. In Melbourne, and I believe I remember seeing you at Magma. So thanks for that. Thank you very much. Um, that was when uh, this is a year and a bit ago. So and uh, also Magma is going to be out probably this coming week. <laughs> the, our recorded filmed version, <gasps> although very we'll exciting. See. All right. Um, so Tessa's three words, Andy. Do you want to try and guess what they are, um, or what one of them is? Uh, wigwam. Wigwam? Wigwam. Very good guess. Uh, unfortunately incorrect, but the the three words are despondent, mythic, mm. and nectar. What was the middle one? Mythic. 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 Like like a like a Greek god, kind of mythical mythic. Yeah, mythic. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Despondent? What does despondent mean again? Despondent means that you're sort of a bit hopeless, like you've you've given up. To a certain extent, mm. um, and mythic nectar. Yeah. I mean, mythic nectar does make me think of how, like, the food of the gods, right? Yeah. Is 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 nectar? No, the 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 drink of the gods is nectar, and the food of the gods is ambrosia, maybe, or possibly the other way around. I'm not sure yeah. which is which, and they it, it makes me think that the gods probably, if they drink nectar, are probably hummingbirds. Or probably very, you know, would have a. It's like that's that's a high GI 
quick energy release type food to be eating as a yeah. god. And That's true. You get that sugar crash. Yeah. And they would be constantly ho- hovering from cloud to cloud or flower to flower. Would drinking make sense the how they stay day. up there. Yeah, and they'd probably all have some sort of... They'd have health com- com- complications, diabetes and and that kind of well, thing that comes keep, from that old sugar diet. I about, you know, for some reason, despondent mythic nectar makes me think of a, a guy who has sort of long, droopy man boobs, mm. but they, they lactate <laughs> something very powerful. Delicious. But he... Yeah, like, you know, it might be a kind of like a healing nectar of some sort you know something yeah that, you know like that you know slows aging or you know a bit like wow. the effect of what you know brushing the hair of of uh rapunzel did for that lady yep. who stole her and put her in the tower okay um but but this person doesn't take care of themselves they're kind of they're alone they live alone they they go out people just see this like these wet patches on their <laughs> dirty shirt you know you know, it's a kind of what if God was one of us sort of mm. scenario. You know, it's like he's yeah. this person. They consider him, uh, you know, uh, you know, he smells wet. You know, yeah. But, but do people know that suckling on his man teats gives you know is essentially the fountain of youth? Does does restore their youth? And do they? No, they don't. Even though they find this person disgusting, come to him in the in the dark of night, and. <laughs> You know, grubbily suck away at his at his horrid. I mean, juice. I think a big I think a big part of the uh, the message of this thing is that people no longer believe in magic. You know, mm. and that's <laughs> people you know? are not willing to believe that sucking on this man's nipples will make them young again, <laughs> even and though he tells them, he tells them, he shouts it in the street, but they've lost the that... spark. <laughs> one of those videos that makes you feel bad for having a relatively mm. sort of you know mind that requires any kind of evidence or yeah um, well you know. it could also be one of those videos that's like you know um when you see someone playing a, a violin in a subway station and nobody stops to listen and then you reveal that they're actually the world's greatest violin player and yeah. then, and, and this is a similar video where we see a man standing shirtless in a, you know, in the opening of an alleyway, squeezing juice out of his nipples that passes by, and everyone's disgusted and scuffling yeah. away and calling the police. And then we reveal that actually that man was God, and his nipples can make you young again, and it yeah. makes everybody think about how they judge. <laughs> How they judge people, you know, they they got yeah. sprayed a little bit as they were walking by, and they they spat at him, and they said, mm. you're "Fucking disgusting." Mm. Yeah, you know, and, and the, but that but then really they have to go home and think... realize that the problem was with them. <laughs> I mean, what a great coup it would be! And have we already pitched this on the show? But a prank show, but it's God doing the pranks. Like, That's a really good idea. How perfect would that be? I mean, it feels like this is something that the ancient Greek gods would be into because they were always disguising themselves as bulls or swans or something like that, you know, turning themselves into a spider. And if we all we need is one god 
and you could make the best prank show of all time. I think you're right. Um, it just needs like one god. It could just. It doesn't even have to be a good god. Mm, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Whatever god powers they have, we'll work with that, and we'll make a fucking compelling half hour of TV presented imagine, by Mike Whitney. Like imagine, like you know, being able to be like God and then be like in a train station. And mm. disguise God as like a pylon. Yes. Like just right. a regular train pylon. And as yep. somebody goes to lean on it, just shifts a bit. <laughs> <laughs> they fall. <laughs> they look at this pylon. They knock on it. Regular pylon. Yeah. And then they go to lean on it again. Shifts a bit. Again. Falls. And then it transforms into the living figure of God who stands above them in you know, multi-hued, iridescent f- form, f- hair flowing, eyes, mm-hmm. you know, um, deep chasms to infinity, a mouth open in a scream of such blissful, you know, um, power that mm-hmm. like this person's brain melts and we, you know, they, and they feel like such an idiot. They it themselves the turn to time. stone yeah. looking at him. <laughs> They become the pylon. Um, <laughs> what a prank. Prank. Oh. God's pranks. God's Pranking. pranks. God's prank show. And one where we use pr- facial prosthetics to make him look like a really old, really old grandma and then I get think... him to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. And also all the times that he teaches people lessons about life, you know, because mm. he has a plan. Yeah. You know, he makes them have something, you know, have their dog be born with a deformity. Yeah, great. You know, their pu- their dog gives birth to all deformed puppies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then God bursts in. Ha, 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 ha. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, thanks, Tessa. I hope that's... What you were looking for. Yeah. Um, there's a um, few options there, and I look forward to exploring every single one of them as soon as yeah. we can get a god on the payroll. Um, gods are... I forgot that gods are um, hummingbirds. Sorry. Oh, you're writing that down as well? That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, um, I don't know how gonna, they do it. Andy, I'm going to take us through the, the sketch ideas. Okay. Um, well, we've got this uh, water treatment company that uh, that it makes everybody their use their use their lizard brain as their frontal sort of yes. conscious brain. It's yes. They've get they're right. getting rid of the two hemispheres. They're going back, and they're bringing forward the subconscious and mm. and and this is because of innovation. This is their edge. <laughs> This is why they're so successful. And, you know, the various ways in which that would manifest, I'm not sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, the various ways. Well, I'm sure they'd be good when we find them. Well, then the next sketch is we've got eel combiners, right? Now, you know of the single-cell organism. You know of multicellular organisms. Well, these are multi-multi-cell organisms. These are mm. a, a new emergent phenomena when, you know... Multiple creatures have come together to create one creature so that they can, you know, strive on Earth. And maybe it's how they would take over from the humans. 
It's bound to happen I at some point. So. We're gonna get. I we're gonna like, get knocked off I like off the idea perch. of seeing a body that's fully, fully everything's as flexible as an eel. Every component of it mm-hmm. is an eel. It's gonna look so even good. different bits of an eel are themselves made of eels. What you realize is all those bits that you think are eels, they're actually made of smaller eels. <laughs> it's um, eels all the way got... down. It's a fractal eel. We've got football remix. You know, we're ed- editing down games. We're, you know, we're changing the rules all through the power of editing. Yeah, it's applying. we're just making one. We're assembling one game out of many. It can be that. Yeah, it could be. Well, you know, I feel like once once you are creating, you could create a new game out of the filmed game. You could make a um, new sport. Yes. Yes. Exactly. The sport could just be going, getting on the bench and off the bench. <laughs> Whoever gets you know? the most people off the bench. Yeah, they win. Oh, but this guy went off the field when this guy went on. Oh, well, um, they don't win a point. Anyway, then we've red got... red cards. we got a sports fan who's a fan of the ball. That's his main thing. He's not really mm. in it for the team, the competitiveness and stuff like that. He just likes... He just- does he go to sports games dressed as a ball? Yes. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, although he doesn't really like how they mistreat the ball. Anyway, maybe. <laughs> um, the you know the plane emergency. We've got these uh, luxury disaster, disaster disaster travel where you just you go on a trip. It's a very nice trip, but mm. you're doing it for. To go through like a disaster. And I also like that idea that, you know, this, yeah, trying to I get would off. I just love to go down that slide. It's mostly it's about that any, slide. But then also, what it'd be like to just be sort of floating on a raft for. Would this be a good AF, uh, April Fool's prank for the um, AFL to do? Um, announce that uh, by ge- through genetic engineering, they have been able to, like, you know, we don't want to change the game too radically. But through genetic engineering, we have managed to make a uh, a football that can feel pain and will scream when kicked. Yeah, Everything great. else about the game remains the same, but we think that this is what's needed to take the game into the 21st century. A ball that screams? A ball that can feel actual pain and scream. Oh, yeah, so it actually does feel pain. Yeah, it does okay. feel pain, yeah. Yeah. Can it scream? Does it have a mouth? Yeah, it can scream. Yeah, and can it bite you when you? Or no, does it not no. have teeth? No, it doesn't have any way to <laughs> fight back. But are you giving it a mouth? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little tiny one. Um, that you inflate it that that little hole that you inflate it with. Okay, mouth. so you know your foot can't get stuck in the screaming mouth. No, no. And if you block the if you block the screaming hole. It'll die. Does the ball, can the ball no longer breathe? Yeah, it'll die. <laughs> okay. Um, sure, living. I'm going to write down living ball. Yeah, great. Living ball or ball that can feel pain. Um, Just a little April Fool's idea. I mean, look, I think it's a good idea, especially maybe for this guy who is a sports fan of the ball. Yeah. That he could make a ball that feels pain, so that <laughs> to teach them a lesson on what they're doing to the ball. Yeah, but it just makes people like the game more. Wait, I can't quite hear you now. Oh, sorry. Um, 
Can you hear me now? Uh, it's a little bit bad. Oh, I'm sorry. We should it's wrap okay. this up, Al. Oh, yeah, well, let's wrap it up. All right, I'll do the last ones. Um, we got man boobs with elixir of youth that everybody ignores to their detriment. Mm. Um, we've got God's Prank Show. I think that's really good. I think that actually could just be a full... Uh, you could literally oh. pitch that to like Comedy Central. Um, gods are hummingbirds and we've got living ball, ball that feels pain. Andy, it's been a pleasure. And a joy and an honor. Thank you very much. This has... I'm just calling Andy back because our phone call really kind of dropped out. But... Basically, I'm just saying goodbye to everybody. I'm really glad. Thank you for, for doing the honours. Uh, I'm um, sorry that this got a little technically dodgy towards the end of this podcast, but God, it's it's a, it's a pleasure having you listen to this. It's a pleasure. I really mean that. And yeah. this is the only valid form of fanhood. So if this thank is you what you believe much. in, you're doing it right. Um, you can find us. Thank you so much. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Two and Tank on Instagram at Two and Tank. I'm at Alistair TB. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. You can support us on Patreon. Yes, and you can. We love, love you. Thank, thank you. you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.